It's good to see you all here today. Last week we started a new series on the book of Joshua. And Joshua has a lot of interesting stuff, a lot of interesting uh, stories, a lot of good good things that happen that, that teach us things uh, that are relevant to us today in our lives. And I think it'll be a good study. Um, it starts out, the book, when Moses has just died and uh, his servant um, Joshua has is now leading Israel. And uh, as uh, as Yancey said, they're they're on the banks of the Jordan River, just outside of the land of Canaan. <clears throat> and Canaan was uh, a land uh, filled with these cities that fought each other continually, and. The Canaanites were these very wicked, immoral people. They were they were brutal, and they were idol worshippers. Uh, the only religion the Canaanites had involved sexual immorality and also sacrificing their children to fire, which they worshipped. And you know, God won't put up with this kind of stuff forever, and He was done with the Canaanites. And he wanted them wiped off the face of the earth. And he was sending his people, the Israelites, in to do that. And he wanted it done. And they were there on the banks of the river about to cross over the Jordan, as we just sung about. And uh, Joshua chapter 1 begins with God speaking to Joshua. And he says he wants them to now cross over into the land... And take the land that I'm giving you. And he said to them, Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. <clears throat> and as Matt talked about last week, uh, God didn't want them to be afraid. He wanted them to know that he was with them always. And he was fighting for them. So they had nothing to be afraid of. And he wanted them to know that. Now, 40 years before this, Moses sent 12 spies into Canaan to spy out the land. And when they returned, only two of them returned having any faith in God at all. And the rest said, there's no hope. Those two were Joshua and Caleb. And now Joshua is about to send two spies into the land 40 years later to look at the first city and to see how it will be for them to take it. And uh, that city was Jericho. Uh, In chapter 1, in chapter 2, these two men cross over uh, via a boat or however they made it over. And they walked until they came to this city <clears throat> called Jericho. This is a, a mighty fortified city with these huge walls. <clears throat> and it probably looked pretty incredible to them to see. But they went inside and they looked around and they started talking to people, trying to get a feel of this city so they can report back what it was like. To the camp. And before evening, they 
they started looking for a place to stay, a place to spend the night. And they found this one house with a room to rent owned by uh, this woman called Rahab. And uh, we don't know a lot about Rahab, but one thing we do know is the book of uh, Joshua, when it always refers to her, calls her Rahab the harlot. That's what she is called all the time. So Rahab was a sinful woman. She was a prostitute. She was a wicked lady in a wicked city in a wicked country. And maybe this wasn't the best place for these men to stay, but it might have been the only room that was available. I don't know. But that's where they spent the night. Now, as they were staying there, someone in town apparently figured out who they were. These people with foreign accents. They figured out that these were Israelites. These were the spies from these people that are camped along the river. And they told the king who they were. And the king sends guards to take them. And he closes the gates of the city so they couldn't escape. Now, meanwhile... Um, Rahab, she too figured out who they were. She figured out that these were Israeli spies. You see, God, God had made the Israelites famous. When they were slaves in Egypt and God decided to harden Pharaoh's heart so that with a mighty hand he would bring them out. And after ten plagues that decimated Egypt, after parting the Red Sea and bringing them out with such power and force, everyone knew that God was in charge, that He was the Lord of all. Everyone knew that. And everyone knew who the Israelites were, His people, who He brought out with such power. And right now there were about two million of them camped along the river not far from Jericho. And these people were afraid. Because it looked like they were about to come across. Canaanites were terrified. So Rahab had to make a choice. Does she save her house? Does she save her city? Does she try to warn the king, the people? Maybe she would get a pretty good reward if she turned them in. We might expect someone like her to do this. But you see this woman Rahab, she had a different name. She had another name and it was also Rahab the harlot who had faith in God. And this changes everything. This changed the whole story. Because of her faith in God, she sees the guards coming and she takes the men, the two got the men, and she takes them upstairs to her roof and she hides them underneath these bushels of stocks and they lay down flat along the roof under these 
these uh, stocks. And then she runs downstairs as the guards are shouting, We know these men are in here. They've come to spy out the land. Bring them out. Bring the men out. We've got to take them. Well, she runs back downstairs and she opens the door and she says, Yes, these men came here. And they stayed here. But unfortunately, I didn't know who they were. I didn't know where they came from. And as the gate was closing when it was dark, they snuck underneath the gate and they left. And she said, it hasn't been long. They went that way out the gate. If you'll hurry and you run after them, you might be able to catch them. So you better go. And so the guards turned and went out the gate and they went and pursued these, these men that she said had left. I want you to think about how much courage this must have taken for her to do this. She, if they found out that she was hiding these men, she'd be killed. She would definitely lose her life. She would lose her home, her family, everything. She risked all of that to save these men. Because she had faith in God and she feared God more than she feared man. So after the guards left, Rahab goes back up to the roof and she begs the men of Israel for mercy. She says that she knows that the Lord, their God, is the Lord of all. He is the God of heaven and the God of earth. And she said, I know that He is going to give you the land of Canaan. And she begged them. She said, please, when you come and take it, please spare me. Spare me and my family. Rahab called on the name of the Lord and asked to be saved. Back when the Israelites, these people, were slaves in Egypt, they too called on the name of the Lord and asked to be saved. And God told them what to do. They said, God said, after the tenth plague, He said, I want you to take a lamb and I want you to kill this perfect spotless lamb and eat it and take the blood of this lamb. In Exodus 12 and 7, he said, And they shall take some of the blood and put it on the two doorposts and on the lintel of their houses. And he said, every house that had this blood, when God comes to visit death on that house, he will pass over that house and everyone in it will be saved. And so, when Rahab asked to be saved, these Israelites, these same Israelites, tell her, You need to gather everyone into your house 
your whole family, your mom and your brothers and your sisters. And you take a red cord and hang it out your window. And when we come to take the city, whoever's in that house will be saved. Rahab said she would do this. And she took a rope and she, her house was on the outside of the wall and she let them down her window. And as they was leaving, they told her, now remember to do this. Hang the red cord out the window. If you don't do this, you won't be saved. The blood, your blood will be on your own hands. She said she would do it. Well, when they return and they tell Joshua everything that happened about the city, what they saw, what they heard about Rahab, they said in Joshua 2.24, they said to Joshua, truly the Lord has delivered all the land into our hands. For indeed all the inhabitants of the country are faint-hearted because of us. Just like Caleb and Joshua 40 years ago, these men weren't afraid. You know, there's a couple things I think we can get out of this story in the second chapter of Joshua. As Matt showed us last week, the whole theme of the book of Joshua could be defined as don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Is there anything in this world you're more afraid of than God? Anything. What could possibly be? What could make you more afraid than God? I can't think of anything. And as far as God is concerned, we have Romans 8 and 31. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare His own Son, but delivered Him up for us all, how shall He not with Him also freely give us all things? God gave His only Son as a sacrifice for you so you wouldn't have to live in terror Afraid of his wrath. He doesn't want you to be afraid. So by faith in Jesus Christ and his blood, we don't have to be. Rahab showed her faith by being all in for God. She gave up everything. How about you? Have you given up anything because of your faith in God? Is there anything that you're not willing to give up for God? Have faith in God to supply all your needs. He can. 
He can give you everything you need. Genuine faith changes people's lives. Not just inside, but faith changes what your priorities are. What you do. Because your priorities are different. Because your faith is in God. The story of Rahab shows us how much God values this faith. Romans 5 and 1. It says, therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we also, we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. God wants us to trust Him, completely trust Him, to have total faith in Him. And finally, the story of Rahab shows us that God can use anyone. Anyone. It doesn't matter who you are, what you've done in the past. God can use you. You know, when Israel went in to take the promised land, Rahab did what she was told to do. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 31, tells us by faith the harlot Rahab did not perish with those who did not believe when she had received the spies with peace. Her story has an awesome ending. Rahab the harlot wasn't saved because she was the most righteous woman in Canaan. She was saved because of God's awesome grace and her obedient faith. Rahab didn't want to be a harlot anymore. She became a mother and would have children. And her great-great-grandson would be the king of Israel. She changed her life. And just like Rahab, you can change your life if you're not where you need to be. Maybe you've played the harlot spiritually, gone after things of this world instead of God. We've all been there. If you have the kind of faith that Rahab had, you can change your life today just like she did. If you're willing to leave the trappings of this world and follow Jesus and do what He commands, look for those things that He says. Look for the solutions to the things that you need. Godly solutions to these things. They're out there. Whatever tempts you, whatever you need in this life, there are godly, there are godly answers to those things. Look for them and you'll find them. We have a song of our invitation we're about to sing. If This morning, if you'd like the prayers of the church to help you in any of these things, if you would like, you would like us to talk to you about these things, to counsel and, and pray for you, we're, we're 
more than happy to do that this morning. If you'll come, sit on the front pew and let your wishes be known as we stand and sing.